Hello, and welcome back to Speaking Startup, Missouri Business Alert's podcast covering the news and issues important to Missouri entrepreneurs. I'm Casey Murray. And I'm Jack Anstein. On this week's show, we'll take a deep dive into two stories about diversity in the business world. The first is about challenges facing Black-owned businesses in Kansas City and how communities are supporting them as we see protests across the country continue over racism and police brutality. And the second is about how the coronavirus is impacting women, and specifically, women in business. Plus, we'll have this week's headlines, digits, and other startup news you need to know. So what are we waiting for? Let's speak startup. Before we get to the headlines, I feel like we should introduce ourselves since we'll be the host of the podcast for the summer. Casey, do you want to start? Sure. So I'll be a senior at Mizzou this year studying multimedia journalism. And this summer, I'm working as a reporting intern for the Missouri Business Alert. So that's super exciting. One of the things that I do in my free time is sketch comedy. What about you, Jack? I'm also going to be a senior studying multimedia journalism. And my internship this summer is a joint position between Missouri Business Alert and Startland News based in Kansas City. And I'm covering business news in Kansas City and Springfield this summer. So with that, let's get to the headlines. Our first headline for the day comes from Southwest Missouri. Stored, a startup from Atlanta that connects companies to vacant warehouse space, purchased transportation provider Cove Logistics, which is based in Springfield for an amount reported to be under $10 million. All of Cove Logistics' 15 employees will be joining Stored's team. In Kansas City, a startup called Super Dispatch, a company that started out as an app and transportation management system software for smaller trucking companies, has developed a touchless way for companies to deliver vehicles. The coronavirus pandemic has created demand for a way to confirm the delivery of vehicles without face-to-face interaction. So, Super Dispatch rolled out a feature on its app that will allow recipients to sign from their own device. MSTS a Kansas City company that creates business-to-business payment platforms, is now providing its technology to the world's biggest e-commerce company. MSTS worked with Chinese online retailer Alibaba to create a system that simplifies the process of buying foreign goods and services. The system is currently running in the United States, and Alibaba is planning to roll it out in Europe next. So this is a big opportunity for Kansas City to be involved in financial tech all over the world. In the St. Louis area, a company called Club Ready that normally provides management and billing software for fitness studios has pivoted to meet new demands that have risen from the coronavirus. One of the changes it's made is to work with the video conference software Zoom so the gyms can conduct classes while everyone remains at home. Another is that the company's check-in systems can now be used to help gyms track contact between patrons, as well as to keep on top of occupancy limits. As gyms have now begun to reopen, the company said it can now also be used to communicate guidelines and schedules to patrons so they know exactly what to expect when they return. We now turn our attention to the experiences of the Black business owners in Kansas City. With the Black Lives Matter movement at the forefront of the national conversation, many people on social media, as well as various organizations, are suggesting that one way to support the Black community is to shop at Black-owned businesses. Yeah, I've seen some social media posts listing Black-owned businesses that people can support. One reason for this movement is so that people who want to support the Black community know that they can help by directly investing their dollars into it, but it's also because there are some barriers that Black business owners face that others don't. What are some examples of those challenges? 
Well, the black business owners I talked to mentioned having a hard time drawing in clients from outside the black community. They also mentioned being excluded by majority businesses. Let's listen to what they had to say about their experiences and insights into the reality of black-owned businesses. are showing their support for the black community is by spending money at black-owned businesses. Kinley Strickland, the owner of Casey Daiquiri Shop, a restaurant specializing in Cajun food and daiquiris, has witnessed this in his own establishment. And we've seen people specifically say, hey, I want to come in and support you guys because I knew you were a black-owned business. The Casey Daiquiri Shop was on the verge of closing down right when the pandemic hit. Once word of the shops to go daiquiris and cocktails spread on social media, business began to take off. I'm really proud, though, of, of Kansas City as a whole because we, we have been able to maintain our business and even grow the business during this time because of the support that we've gotten from the community. Although Strickland has recently enjoyed success, he says there are often challenges that Black business owners face that others do not. As a Black-owned business or African-American entrepreneur, there are subtleties that we have to fight against that maybe other um, entities would not have to fight against. One disparity is the lack of funding that small business owners of color received in the Paycheck Protection Program. For the Paycheck Protection Program, um, studies have shown that it was a huge disparity in those businesses, small businesses, that received funding and those that did not. Only 12% of Black and Latino business owners that applied for aid from the Small Business Association received what they had requested, according to a May survey from Global Strategy Group, while over 38% of small business owners overall received what they had requested, according to a Census Bureau survey. Another challenge that some Black business owners face is drawing in customers outside of the Black community, according to Kim Randolph, the Heartland Black Chamber of Commerce president and the founder of Inq, a consultation and management company. In the minority communities or black businesses, most of their customers, and, and I will say 99.999% of their customer is going to be another black person. We will take our dollars and we will spend in the white community, but the white community does not come into our community and spend money. And so in order to be impactful uh, to each community, you have to patronize that community. Janet Lockridge, the founder of Precise Operations Management, a safety and construction services company, says that being a minority business owner often closes the door to business connections that others have. Being a um, black female um, business owner, um, it's been tough to get into the construction field. Um, and Oftentimes, I find that that good old boy network uh, continues to exist, and it definitely doesn't provide a lot of opportunities for me. Lockridge often feels excluded from other businesses. Um, I've known other um, women businesses that have supported other women businesses, um, but won't support a Black woman business. Lockridge says that by supporting Black-owned businesses, it doesn't just help Black people but the overall economy. 
all businesses need to be supported. Um, and when organizations um, continue to only support the, the folks that they do business with or the people that look like them, um, it, it hurts overall economy. It prevents the overall community and the overall state to uh, get the optimum revenue benefit. Because of the disadvantages the Black business owners face, Strickland of Casey Dacry's shop says he has to work hard for a chance at equal opportunity. A lot of us have been taught since we were younger that in order to be considered equal, we have to be 10 times as good. You know, we do want to put our very best foot forward. We want to give the very best service, the very best product to the market that we can. We just need a chance to expose ourselves and, and to, uh, you know, have the community experience what we have to offer. So, in another story of diversity and entrepreneurship, I did some reporting this week about how women-run businesses might be impacted by the coronavirus. That's really interesting. What made you think they could be impacted more than just any business? Well, for one, the industries hit hardest by the coronavirus are women-majority industries. Sectors like service and retail employ more women, and those are two of the industries most impacted by the shutdowns. So at a time when all businesses are seeing their survival threatened, it made sense to me that women-run businesses might be experiencing more challenges. Okay, so how have these businesses been coping? Well, I talked to a few owners to find out. Businesses everywhere are taking a hard hit. With the coronavirus-related shutdowns and changes to routine, even large corporations are struggling to survive, much less the small mom-and-pop shops of Missouri. So we dicing the potatoes up now. Do about nine or ten potatoes. We got about ten people, so we want them to have plenty. That's Tammy Pryor. She owns a catering company in Columbia called Tammy's Covenant Kitchen, run by herself with occasional help from her son, talking about how the virus has impacted her business. I hate the coronavirus. <laughs> it knocked me off my feet. Because now they line us to cook. But April, we had so many people we had to cancel. Tammy started her company in 1999, so she's no stranger to the challenges of running a business. But the coronavirus is unprecedented in many ways. The impact, economically speaking, is profound. The economic crisis driven by coronavirus is different than prior economic crises that we've seen, such as the Great Recession. In the Great Recession, we saw a lot of impact on men. That's Xanthi Scharf, CEO and co-founder of The Fuller Project, an organization dedicated to reporting on issues that impact women explaining why the toll the virus is taking on the economy is so different from past recessions. In this economic crisis, what we're seeing is that the industries where women are disproportionately employed, including women of color, are those that were shut down in March due to social distancing concerns. In the U.S., roughly 59% of food prep workers, roughly 82% of hosts and hostesses, and roughly 71% of waitresses are women. And the brunt of layoffs might not be felt equally, such as in broad sectors like retail trade, where women make up 50% of workers, but 77% of layoffs, according to the Economic Policy Institute. 
To look at Missouri specifically, in March, there were nearly 4,000 more unemployed men than women. But in April, there were over 26,000 more unemployed women than men. We got that together. So you hear the potato. I don't start my potatoes. So right now, Pryor's just trying to make it. But she's begun packaging her meals in a new way so that it's more coronavirus friendly in an effort to get back in business. But Sharf calls attention to the fact that even if a company survives, that doesn't always mean the jobs will come back. These kinds of employers have faced a contraction. It's too soon to know what will come back for those that have closed, but certainly for some period of time, that affects the potential to employ. The potential to employ is one of the most important parts of running a business to Chelsea McGill, who owns a coffee shop called Grind in California, Missouri. I asked her why she cares so much about her role as an employer. Because it's part of giving back to my community. There's so many people that need jobs, and, um, and I'm just as passionate about making sure that they have a job. So far, McGill has been able to keep all her staff, with help from small business loans and support from the community, along with multiple changes to their restaurant process. I had a website already, but I really sat and worked for, I swear, like hours and hours to perfect it because I wanted to make sure that with the barrier of not being able to communicate with them, that what they wanted was what they got. We offered free delivery local. There was just a lot of things that we did different. But it hasn't been easy. April through the rest of the year is my busy season. So it was really scary. I feel like any small business owner that makes it through this deserves like an award that says I survived COVID-19. Despite challenges, Pryor and McGill say they both believe they'll make it through the economic fallout, but not every woman will. And outside of owning a business or trying to keep people employed, women can be held back by what's going on at home. We know that um, an employed woman is 10 times more likely to stay home to care for the child than an employed man. In this way, we can see that women are being hit from all sides, economically speaking. Some are optimistic about how this exposure could ultimately affect women, as the flexibility of working from home and the current efforts to expand childcare could greatly add to women's ability to work. But Sharf isn't sure there will be legislation that will truly address all aspects of the problem. But Pryor has been around for a long time, and though she does feel that being a black woman has impacted her at times, she also thinks it's not enough to stop her from doing what she wants to do. You don't have the power to stop me if I want to push it. Back in the day, back when I was growing up, they ruled it. They ruled it. But I let them. I let them, but not no more. While the coronavirus won't stop the growing number of women stepping into the workforce, policymakers and company leaders' reactions to the inequalities it's reflecting could impact how women find success for a long time to come. And now it's time for us to give our digits, the numbers that matter in Missouri startup news. Of course, my digit is 50,000. And what's the significance of 50,000? Pax Momentum is a startup accelerator looking to potentially invest $50,000 apiece into two tech startups in the Kansas City market. Pax Momentum is a virtual accelerator, and it's focusing on startups outside of Silicon Valley. 
In addition to the investment, each business selected for the accelerator will participate in an eight-week program and receive mentoring and training to support the business launch. Applications are due June 15th. What's your digit for the week? My digit is 600. The Kansas City Hemp Company, known as Casey Hempco, had a 600% sales increase after moving exclusively online. Because of the coronavirus, the founders are closing down their storefront for good. They're now using what they call a milkman service, providing limited same-day delivery options. The owners say this has been working because it's fast and easy, but maintains face-to-face interactions that the customers enjoy. And that just about concludes this week's episode. But before we go, we still need a closing thought. Let's hear what advice Tammy Pryor, the Columbia entrepreneur I spoke with, offered to young business owners. Give yourself five years for the business and yourself. And if you ain't made it nowhere, go do something else. You can't do it because you like it, you gotta do it because you love it. And that's all for this week. This has been Speaking Startup from Missouri Business Alert. This episode was produced, edited, and hosted by Casey Murray and me, Jack Anstein. Our theme music was produced by Elliot Bowman. We'll speak to you next time.